welcome everyone. Welcome. Oh. <laughs> welcome to the Red Card Podcast. My name's Dean. And I'm Ben. And uh, it's been a good weekend for Ben, and it's been a bad weekend for me, and that's put me in a bit of a sour mood. Um, but, you know, we move on and things happen in football. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, let's, let's discuss the first game of the weekend. I was at the game, West Ham versus Chelsea. Um, it just felt like we were going to lose it. Like, all game just felt like there was no energy. It just felt like... The fans, it is such a weird atmosphere as an away fan because you've got two different tiers that are like 50 metres away from each other. It felt like every time that they came forward, they looked all right. Every time that we were going forward, we just didn't look like scoring. I don't know, mate. It just, it, it was, I came out of the game. I left like five minutes early because I've got bad knees and trying to get down all those stairs with, you know, 20,000 other people was just a nightmare. I don't know, just, you know, one of those games that just really pisses you off because you just knew from the start it's something bad was going to happen. Yeah, it's not, um, I mean, I'm going to put it out there straight away. I can't stand West Ham's ground. I, I absolutely can't stand it. You sit a million miles away from the action. Yeah. Um, the atmosphere is, is always good. Uh, West Ham fans were singing, I get it. But um, but I just think it's it's not a it's not a great stadium to watch football in, and I, think um, are, I, just... I don't think they sing as much as you think. I think they've got one song, and then they sing when they. I mean, they sing when you're winning is kind of like a it's a taunt, isn't it? Really, but they yeah. only really sang when when they were ahead, and and then for the last five minutes when they knew they were going to win. Um, I don't know. I think if you if you look at the game, so I was at the end where Edward Mendy made that big mistake where he basically took, well, Jorginho made a mistake, played the ball yeah. a bit too soft. Mendy got, the, the thing is, for me, Mendy got the ball and then obviously he's tried to push it a little bit ahead of him, get out, and then, you know, he brought down whoever the striker was. But I don't know, it's just, that just sucked out all of my joy for that yeah, five minutes yeah, that I'd have. I can I can imagine it it probably did. I think I think first things first, we have to give West Ham and, and, and David Moyes some credit. They they had a bit of a blip for a couple of games, but in this game they you know they were up for it. It's, they, it's a London derby. They, they needed they, it. You know, they they did. They needed and, the and I I don't mean that being sour. So no. Nikita our mate said to us to me yesterday that I was being bitter about it because we'd lost, but they did need it. They they hadn't won in three games. They're, they're looking to be top four, which is actually, a, I think it's quite fair for them to look at that because they got into the Europa League last season. Yeah. Naturally, your next step is the top four. If you don't aim for yeah. that, then you're just accepting that you're average. Yeah. Well, not average, but you're accepting an average of what you find acceptable. They needed it. They got it. They've, you know, they're now, I mean, Spurs have got a game in hand um, and they're two points behind, which, you know, over the course of a season might sort of weigh itself out. But yeah. the game itself... West Ham played well. It was just really weird, mate. Like, it was just... The Edward Mendy penalty that he gave away was just such an... Like just, I don't care if you kick out for a corner. Like, just get yeah, it out of yeah. our box. Just clear clear lines, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he didn't do that. And I feel like that's that's just this, like, lethargic attitude that we've had the last couple of games. Um, I was at the, the Watford game on Wednesday night as well. We had the same thing. We just looked really lethargic. Yeah, I sort yeah, of I think, I've I think, had an insight to what United fans seen for the last three years. Yeah, we've we've not been great, but you know, I think this is probably that that time where you guys aren't. I mean, you're still getting your win. You, you beat 
you beat Watford, you, know, you drew against United, and you, you lost this. So, so if this is your your blip that almost every team goes through <laughs> in the season, it's not it's not the end of the world. It's not like you've lost yeah. three in a row. You've yeah, you know, you've got you've got a win, a draw, and a loss. It's still but the, the problem I is think... that City and Liverpool, who people I don't think would say have been exceptional this season. Are now above us in the league, so it almost feels like they're inevitable. I've said this from the start, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I don't think Chelsea will win the league this season because I think Man City and Liverpool have been doing it for longer. They've got better teams, but they're like they're like an inevitability. These two, yeah, teams. they're relentless. They're be there. Oh, there's, there's no way to, relentless is the word. Definitely. Uh, uh, you know, before we before we sort of move on to the other games, because I know you don't want to linger on this one for too long. Um, uh, I'll just get I, sad I think, and cry. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. I think it's worth mentioning. This is. And I think I saw it on one of the other uh, another channel. What was matched there? It's, it's literally this is probably the best squad West Ham have had in decades. I mean, they are they're all fighting for each other. Moyes has got them playing really well. They're yeah, they're they're just a really really well put together unit. And at home, they're a really difficult team to beat. So you know, yeah, uh, they, they don't they don't lose that often at home. Yeah, I think yeah. it's weird because I wouldn't you wouldn't look at their squad and go, oh, that is strong. But you do look at it and you kind of go, he's he's done so well with that team that yeah. you you kind of have to start questioning people's ability yeah. in in the other direction. Normally the, you question someone's ability, it's bad, but yeah, I mean I don't want to linger on it too much, mainly okay. because it's not it's not the most interesting thing that's sort of going on at the moment, I don't think, no. within football. I think I think the, the one last thing to, to mention is is what what is Moyes going to do in January? Because they've lost Ogbonna for the season and Zuma Zuma went off. Yeah, he's out. For yeah, so some some significant amount. Of time, I was in I, I was in front of that. That was the end that I was at, and he he basically came off and he limped around. And they called for a sub instantly when he as he went down. Yeah, and they called for exactly. a sub, but he then tried to get back on. And he went for this little run, like just like a little jog, yeah. and he just like stopped and he was like, Oh, I'm so annoyed, I can't do it. Then he did a, a bit more, went up to, to David Moyes, and then it was decided that they'd make the change. So yeah, I don't know. I, if I remember it's seeing too him bad. I remember seeing him pull up. It was definitely a hammy, wasn't it? It was a hamstring. I yeah, think, I don't know he, if it's just he tweaked it. Yeah. Tw- I don't, he's not definitely not he's not snapped it. He's not, I don't think he's it's yeah. a massive tear. Tall, but it was tall, enough yeah. that he couldn't carry on. Yeah. But yeah. I, I I agree. West Ham or I mean, they're, they're currently in the top four, yeah. uh, you know, ahead of the likes of, of Arsenal and United. So you can't really sort of argue that, that they shouldn't be there because I do think they do. The thing that annoys me, though, I was, again, sadly listening to TalkSport because it was all I could get on the way back from the Watford game. I wanted to I wanted to listen to football talk and it was Five Live or it was TalkSport and Five Live, it was, um, I can't remember his name, the Northern Irish chap who was just talking about, like, you know, big things that have happened this year. I'm like, it's 11 o'clock at night after like midweek football. Talk about football on a, you know, <laughs> a sports channel, in my opinion. So I was listening to talk sport. Um, uh, and apparently Wednesday night or against Brighton, West Ham fans were booing their team for not playing well. And I just, and they were making really good points. Like, how can you boo a team that are fourth? Like, no matter how many think, games in hand people have. They, they, um, they conceded an 89th minute equaliser, didn't they? They yeah. so they dropped points right at the death. And I think that's what they were probably yeah, West Ham fans. Maybe maybe West Ham didn't play particularly well. I didn't see that game, but I think maybe West Ham fans were a little bit annoyed that they they they'd let two points slip. No, it was, there, it right, was during right the game. The so it was during the oh, game. Okay. So this, yeah, so this is what I mean. I don't know. I think for me it's like 
you know, I don't think you can boo your team when you're fourth. Like when you should be eighth, as between fourth and eighth. But I don't think you can say that West Ham were expected to come or be fourth at almost Christmas. So, yeah, I think uh, for me, you should. I don't think you should ever boo your team unless you are like Norwich. <laughs> that's the only time and even then they're just happy to be alive aren't they um so <laughs> other, i mean other big games newcastle got their first win mate yes first win did. of the season yeah. in the league uh yeah. first win in about 14 like competitive games yeah is this the start of the revival at newcastle oh, i don't know i mean they had they had a fair few chances um burnley had a few chances themselves and burnley are sort of now in the bottom three as well yeah, uh, yeah, they 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 got the win and it was massively needed. You could see the relief on Eddie Howe's face when they when they oh, yeah. won and, and the fans and stuff. Um, they 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 just needed to grind a win out somewhere and they still give up a lot of chances. Yeah, um, but you know that that's a big three points for them and if they can you know hopefully build on that. I mean, hopefully got, not. Well, I know you. Yeah, <laughs> for you, hopefully not. For me, I'm like, well, whatever. I don't know. Um, I just think it's. I, do you know what? I, I. It's not out of spite either. I just think it's one of those things where it would be such a f- funny thing. Like it's, it's almost like I, I enjoy storylines more than anything else in football. Sometimes it'd be such a, a funny storyline that it's like, well, Newcastle are the richest team in the world, and they got relegated in the same season, which shows that you know money doesn't just buy everything. Which you know, I mean, yeah, no, that's that's fair. I think I just think uh, it'd be funny, just just yeah. it's like a weird narrative. Yeah, um, we've we've spoken about Newcastle enough. I think, yeah, great result. They got they got the win. I don't think they, you know, they they were good for it, but I don't think it was as easy as uh, as as that. They had Burnley. They gave up a few chances to Burnley. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got the points. Move on. There's nothing really more to say about Newcastle now, I don't think. No, uh, exactly. I think Southampton and Brighton played out a draw. Liverpool yeah. just got a win against Wolves. Um, they they got a last minute Divock Origi uh, winner. I think like yeah. I mean, I mean, minute. yeah, ninety fourth minute. Um, yeah, we, we spoke last week, and I said how well um, Diogo Jota's playing for them. And um, yeah, did you did you see when uh, I think it was I, I, joke. Jose Sarr, whoever came out, lost the ball at Diego Jota and he smashed it against Connor Cody in the goal. He oh, yeah. Rolled, he could have rolled it into the bottom corner and, uh, and would have scored yeah. against his, ex, his old club, but he, uh, he smashed it and, and missed. So, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, if he, if he hadn't have had such a, a good. Um, like a good time, then it probably would have been a problem. So a quick stat on Divock Origi. Um, yeah. I may be slightly off, but I know it's definitely the, one of the stats is correct. In about 160-odd games, how many of those do you think Divock Origi has played as a substitute for Liverpool? In 160-odd games? Yeah. He's got to have played... Also, the fact he's played 160-odd games is insane, isn't it? Is that 160 games? That's not 160 games at Liverpool, right? Yeah. Okay, jeez, he's been there that long. Um, he's been there since okay. 2016. So five years, 160 games. You find he's been there. Um, you think League Cup, FA Cup? Yeah, I reckon he's probably played. How many of them are sub? He's got to have played at least half of them. Only 75, 80. 100. He's played 100 games as a sub. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I know. I know. I saw on a match of the day. Klopp was saying he hopes he finds a manager that will play him a lot more because 
he just he wishes he could play him more and stuff, but he just can't. Yeah. Like, so for, for Liverpool, it's, think... it's 166 appearances, 103 of those in the league. I know um, Danny Murphy was on Match of the Day talking about it. He said he, you know, saying if it was him, he'd want to he'd want to leave and go somewhere else where he could play. But the the feeling is that he's quite happy having his sub role at Liverpool. Yeah. Picking he's, up he's, he's, he's earning bank. He's earning bank every yeah. week. He's he's scoring really important goals. I mean, he's a cult hero. Yeah. Like realistically, yeah. he scored in the Champions League final. He's yeah. he's scoring goals like this. He scored that um, the goal against Barcelona in the semi finals. Well, didn't he? Yeah. He also yeah. scored the goal yeah. against Everton. Do you remember when Virgil Van Dijk sliced yeah. it up? It bounced off the crossbar and went in. He's scoring like high profile goals for a really yeah. big team. Um, so yeah, Liverpool basically, you know. Put them up at Man City inevitably again, beat Watford. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine who I won't mention his name is a Watford season ticket holder. He didn't go to that game because he didn't, and I quote, want to sit in the cold and watch my team get battered for 90 minutes, which I think is very fair. Um, he's He watched them in the, semi, in the final of the FA Cup against City, lose 6-0. So fair enough, Tom. <laughs> um, I, just just on that on that game Bernardo yeah. Silva was superb oh he's silky smooth isn't he what Watford's defending for the first goal for Sterling I mean hey, Sterling's I what, what? Five, five foot four and he was Mate, literally on his own to head the ball in having like, having called out Tom as the guy who uh didn't go and the, the person who doesn't support his team against Manchester City which again I do back he is also uh, the man who hates Danny Rose more than anyone in the world. Danny Rose is such a bad footballer. It's unreal. Yeah, like, I, it, I if you look at all of the goals, all of those goals, yeah. Danny Rose's fault. Also, yeah. uh, you know, anything that basically happens within the Watford team where their defence crumbles, you can, you can literally see it at left back. For that first goal, you say that Sterling was alone. Danny Rose mm. was lightly jogging back into the, the fold. And I just I just look at it and go, I, I just think how you, I mean, Tom thinks that he should have to pay back his uh, his wages. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't remember there. it. There's, um, there's the All or Nothing series on Amazon uh, when he was at Spurs. And basically, yeah. he, they were trying to, yeah, basically they, he was talking to Daniel he Levy. Or every day's office, uh, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Daniel Levy, yeah. About, yeah, about, about a transfer. And he, he was sort of, under the impression that one of the Milan clubs was after him, like AC Milan were after him. Yeah, and yeah. They were like, no, the only the only interest we've had has been from some like championship side or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. And, like I mean, like, there's delusional, and then there's Danny Rose. I guess is probably the best. Way yeah, ever. mate. I so I I saw him the other night. He was we were on the he's side put, where he's put on a bit of weight. He's, he's going the Luke Shaw way, isn't he? He's, so he's, so he, we were on the side that he would have been the left back. So we saw him up close and personal, and oof, that boy is. I mean, I know I'm not small. But he is a chunky boy for a for, for a professional footballer. He has yeah. got some chub on him. Like he he needs to. It's either this. It's either he's not getting in the gym, or all he's doing is getting into the gym. It, it's one of two ways. But he's yeah. a he's a portly uh, man in stature now for sure. Um, yeah. Leeds and Brentford played out a two two draw. You know, Leeds and Brentford Leeds scored, scored last minute equal. Well, um, good shot for um, Bamford, wasn't it? Patrick Bamford come back from injury and oh, they, I, I honestly right didn't death, see it yeah. today. I, I, I saw the, the last three results we're going to go through, but I didn't see that. But um, yeah, I'll have a look at the highlights if that's all right. Um, United got their first win under Ralph Rangnick, yeah, um, yeah, great, 
I mean, really, really again, struggled. Like, great, to... great is not the best. Is not the right word. Uh, I better. Think you, better. Yeah, absolutely. The signs. Signs were definitely there. The first thought of 30, 35 minutes were the best thirty-five minutes we played. Yeah, uh, we played in a long very time. Very quickly. Have you got a, yeah. a Christmas tree that's flashing? Yes, uh, the tree's just around here. Turn it off. But, um, oh, look at I yourself really. on the screen. All you can see. Look, blue. <laughs> Uh, not so blue. Um, no, it's it's alright to me. <laughs> not so blue. Um, I think you played better. So I watched a bit of the game. Yeah. I couldn't get the whole game because it wasn't on. Uh, wasn't on TV. Um, you really struggled to break them down. That's the thing I would point out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, so looking for for sort of small positives. Yeah, yeah. We did struggle to break them down. Yeah. First 30, 35 minutes, we we had a lot of chances. We we pressed high. We we you know. All the talk about has been about Ronaldo not pressing, and he's he's shown in the last couple of games, even against Arsenal midweek, he properly puts a shift in. Um, we, yeah, I mean, it, it came down to a, a, a ridiculous goal by Fred with his weaker foot, uh, yeah. where he curled it from outside the box, which you would, you know, nine ninety nine times out of a hundred, you, you'd expect him to hit the corner flag. But um, yeah. well, you know, the, the signs were there. We were obviously shattered, like mid midpoint the second half. That that the, the high yeah. press was not something the team were used to. You remember, but, um, you remember when but, Liverpool first got clopped? Because I was thinking about this, and I was like, "Oh, you know this." I, so I, I thought about this, right? I thought if you don't have the players to play the type of football that you want, do you try and play a different style of football until you can get the players in that you want? And then I kind of started thinking about it, and I, I, I think back to those first few months of Klopp yeah. at Liverpool, and I remember watching his debut against, I think it was Dortmund, his first game. And they were just tired, like within yeah, yeah. the last sort of like yeah. half an hour, they've yeah, just been the, running all game. The, the team need to get, you know, uh, get their fitness levels up a bit more. I think, they, they, to, to be fair, we played like five games in the last you know, 10 or 12 days or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and we've literally got like games coming up thick and fast. Now, uh, one thing that was that, that was straight away noticeable and, and saw at the end was United won back possession something like 12 times in the uh, in the Palace final third. Yeah. We have we haven't done that in a game since before Ferguson retired. So like yeah. a, not not like not like since Ferguson retired before so like a couple of years before that was the last time we managed to do that. So there was already you could see just you know uh, and Rangnick's only had he said 45 minutes on the on the pitch with the team for like coaching because obviously after the, yeah, the yeah. The Arsenal game midweek, there wasn't a lot of time, um, and he's just just talking about certain things, certain like the, the defenders, midfielders, attackers, talking yeah. to individual players about what he wants, and you can see that they're. It looks like they're buying into it, and it looks like they're trying to do what he, what he wants them to do. They, they um, have to, don't they? Yeah, and because the thing is now, you either do what he tells you to do, and you do it well, or you get out of Manchester United Football Club. Yeah. And I think yeah. this is the thing. Before with Oli, you could do what you wanted to do. You could yeah. be, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, I want to do all right. I'm going to do my best, which isn't their best. And they, they drift along mm. and there's no risk because yeah. Ollie's a nice guy. There was, now. There was, yeah, there was no accountability there. And what I will say, you know, Fred, Fred was my man in the match. He was superb, uh, I thought. But um, the two wingbacks, Tellez yeah. and Delo, were brilliant. Like, yeah. I mean... Yeah, the the they they pushed forward. We we played with a high line. Lindelof played really well as well, which is odd for him. But um, but the two the two wing backs were were getting forward. They were getting crosses in. They were linking the play up. 
it was it, it was lovely to see. And you think Wambasaka has got a hell of a challenge getting back into the side with the way Delo's playing yeah. at the moment. And considering he was at loan at AC Milan last year, we were looking to get rid of him every time he's come in. We thought, oh yeah, Diego Delo been that great. Yeah, Diego, yeah. Uh, Diego Delo. Um, yeah, he um, he's really like he should be starting every game at right back now. And and yeah. Tellers has been re- Tellers has been solid at left back. In fact, you know, yeah, I will, attacking I will... and luxurious. I will give you an, a, a little bit of a, like a cautionary tale here because I've seen Marcus Alonso put in fantastic performances. Yeah. But and, and it's a good start. But I, I I think the more that he has time to work with the team, you'll find that 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 team will change. He actually he kept the same team that Carrick used in midweek, yeah, did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is is a bit different. But I I think you'll you'll probably find. It's also such a bad time to move a team to really high pressing yeah. football, and yeah. I think you also do risk maybe against big. I mean, you you you've said it recently, but you're like you're lucky that your next fixtures are not intense. You know, no, you've got Norwich got, away. We've got, we've next got young, young boys midweek, which is we're obviously already through. So that's yeah, you don't need to win it. Give me. We could we could hopefully he puts out like a, a reserve side, he gives some minutes to to the people that, that didn't play as much today. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, Norwich at the weekend. So we've got yeah, we've got you a know, few the one, that should be all right. The one that you might struggle with, uh, only because of of the the whole context of it, is Brentford on a Tuesday night in December yeah. at half past seven. Just because they are, I've I've seen them play, and they are. A, a good team at times yeah, yeah. and especially yeah, when yeah. they want to prove a point so that's the only one that oh, yeah. I can see really in oh, yeah, December no. that's going to be a risk to you on, if I'm honest on paper we should be winning but you know matches aren't decided on paper are they and it's it's no, it's on grass yeah you know, exactly so uh, you know I think we've got West Ham at some point in there as well but uh, yeah in maybe the next 10 or so games I think uh, you know, yeah, Newcastle uh, three, on the three, 27th three, yeah through to about some point in January end of January so you've got, got some Burnley got, on Christmas uh, on New Year's yeah. Eve, Eve. So Poss- yeah, I mean, like say, it's, it's looking good for you so far. Um, yeah. I I think Fred has had an absolutely fantastic week. Um, you know, against Arsenal, two assists, got the penalty, a goal today. I think he's he's proving a point that he's not just a, a joke, but uh, you know, keep it up for the next three years and then we'll, you know, discount <laughs> all the bad work you've done. Um, <laughs> you game, 50 million. Yeah, yeah, two yeah, other on, games. Tottenham beat Norwich, which you'd expect them to really. Being yeah, Mura is... scored. Mura scored a, a quality goal. To be fair, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see the goals. I was watching the United game at the time, so it was yeah, yeah sure. Around the same time, but um, yeah, I saw Mura scored a scored a great goal. Uh, first goal in yeah. in twenty something league matches for him. Or something. It's, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, you know, and to be fair to to Conte, uh, Spurs are, are sneaking up the the league. I mean, they're, they're back ahead of Arsenal again. Yeah, they're, but um, I think he's won. They won four or five in a row now, haven't they? Yeah, but the thing is, you've got to look at. You've got from fourth, which is West Ham, down to eighth, which is Wolves. I think you've got squads there that could all finish fourth. Realistically, United should get there. Well, Wolves couldn't finish fourth. Wolves. I think Wolves could finish fourth. You reckon? Yeah, I mean they're, they're six points off it at the moment. They've scored. They've scored five goals or something in their last. I don't know. I saw some stats. It's like. Doesn't matter how many goals you score. score one. No, you're right. You're right. It, it all, matters. All, 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 right. You, all you need is one nil, didn't you? That's that's the that's the beauty yeah. of the game. That's, I had a, that's I had all Wolves can do, though. I think. Believe it or not, <laughs> I had an argument with a man on Twitter this week. Um, <laughs> well, you argument never. I wasn't. It was actually Reddit, which is much worse because they can like <laughs> Reddit's worse because they can downvote you. Like, it's not just that people like it or they ignore you. People actually physically tell you that you're crap. 
Um, the thing is that he was basically, he was talking about Chelsea and, and you know, Chelsea have scored the second most goals in the league. Um, and he was saying that, oh, well, the fact that Chelsea won the seven nil in one of the games means that it's, you know, you should take that out. And I was like, well, maybe you should take every one nil out then. Like, what's the, what's the baseline for it? It doesn't matter. If we, if we, so how many games have we played now? 14 games? Uh, 15 like, games. Yeah. If we did, if we just scored 15 goals and won all of our games 1-0, we're top of the league. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter how many you score. It's, it's a consensus of defence and attack. So that that I, I see Wolves being eighth at the moment and only being six points off of West Ham um, with a team that a couple of years ago got into Europe and we were all, you know, should have been expecting them to move on like West Ham have. I, I, I think there's, I don't think they'll do it by the way. No, I think, know. but I think that that battle will go on for the rest of the season. That fourth to eighth, I think, will carry on um, for for a long, yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, and then the last game is one that had a bit of controversy in it. So Villa two, Leicester one. Um, <sighs> I don't like this. Harvey Barnes, by the way, scored a great goal. Um, really clever goal. Um, Cons has scored a couple of goals from free yeah. kicks, which I could do against Leicester this season. They've they've been scoring, they've been seeing so many goals um to, to corners. It's been insane. So what happened in that game is that the ball came in for a corner, shock, um, and it was headed down. It was saved by Schmeichel, the obviously the Leicester goalkeeper. And then the, the ball spilled out in front of him. He's fallen on the floor and put his hand on top of the ball. And less than a second after he put his hand on top of the ball, uh, Jacob Ramsey scored a goal and kicked it and scored the goal. Um, and it was ruled out because it said that under Law 12, which laws are just there to be broken, aren't they? Um, but under Law 12 in the laws of the game, but basically uh, the goalkeeper has full control of the ball, full control of the ball, by the way, if he has the ball in between both of his hands or if he has his hand on the ball and a surface touching the ball on the other side. So floor, goalpost, player. Chest, body. Yeah, he can hold it against himself with one arm. Yeah, that's, that's under so, control, apparently. So firstly, I'm on a one-word one word reaction on that ruling. Go. Bullshit. That's exactly the word I was looking at. <laughs> it's bullshit. Honestly, it's honestly, like... right. So, so I know, you know, I did not know, and I openly admit this, I did not know that if, if the keeper has the ball in one hand and he has it pressed against a surface, yeah. then it counts as being under control. Who knew? Now, Who knew? Now, well, well what, what, Stephen, what, what should it Stephen, be? Stephen Gerrard what should it didn't be? know. It should be ball. You have to, the keeper has to have two hands on the ball. But, yeah. Exactly, it should be two hands all, and that's what I think everybody I've spoke to, every forum I've read, every post I've seen on social media, apart has said Jack. the same. Apart from our bait Jack, who is a goalkeeper, he's no longer our mate. He's no, yeah, we've decided him. <laughs> now. Yeah, now, not just that; it was the fact that Stephen Gerrard needed to be explained the rule by the fourth official. The yeah. Villa players were saying to the ref, he had, he didn't have two hands on it, and then yeah. they, and then the ref had to explain to them. So it gets me thinking. Is this one of those rules that apparently has been around for a little while? Yeah. Is this one of those rules the FA have snuck in, made the change, and not told anyone? Because I no, just don't. 
No I, one seems to know about it. I think this is one of those rules that no one gives a shit about unless it happens. And that's why no one knows about it, because it's not big news. Because every, every single year, what happens is, is IFAB, um, which is the, the lawmakers within football globally, they put together a, a, a list of changes and they put it as an appendix at the front of the book, which is, it is a book. Um, I sadly have one. Um, being a qualified referee, this is where I'm getting my context from. By the way, I didn't know that rule existed like that. And I'm, I'm qualified referee, yeah. which sort of shows you the state of Sunday League football, doesn't it? But um, <laughs> yeah, so they put together a list of rules at the start of the season that they're changing, list of laws, and then they basically publish it. And what the media does is they grab the ones that are like handballs changing. So if you've got three fingers, it's not considered a hand and it's not handball and rubbish like that. And then this sort of stuff does slip through the gaps because it isn't a big deal. Because actually, this is the first time that we've actually ever spoken about this. So it means it's not a big deal, but it's still a bullshit rule. Yeah, because yeah. I, I mean, so his arm, so he's got to be what six four, six three, something like that. Or if, he, if he's six he's, foot, no, he's, yeah, his his arm must be two and a half, three foot long. So he's on the floor, laying down straight. His arm is three feet in front of him. Call it even two foot. I mean, if he's got yeah, maybe two foot, right? His arm's in front of him, and he's touched the ball for less than a second, and a player has kicked it and scored. That's a goal. Yeah, uh, that was my first reaction when, but, but like I said, it's, it, no one, no one knew that rule, uh, and maybe, maybe some there'll be people in the comments or, or whatever saying, "Oh, that's been around for ages. We all knew that rule." That's what. Oh, there are. Do it down like, Twitter's a full of it tonight. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, there's, a, there's a there's a guy that was yeah, on there that was like, "Oh, my twelve year old son could tell you that that's the rule." No, he couldn't. <laughs> no, he couldn't. There's no one like don't yeah. give us like no one in the world knew no. that that was it. No one knew it. And the problem I've no. got with it is that it's it's it just doesn't seem fair that a goalkeeper, the, realistically, that the goalkeeper doesn't have control. He can't do what he wants with it. He couldn't no. he couldn't pick it up. That's that's you know, he couldn't pick that ball up from where he yeah. was. He would have to have rolled it back to himself. My opinion in this situation, by the way, if he had the if he'd have put his hand on the ball and was in the motion of bringing it back to himself, I would say that he had control over it because he's controlling how the ball is moving. He didn't have control. He had the control that he'd stopped the ball, basically. And he'd stopped it where it was. But for less than a second, I just don't think it's right. So we're going to talk in a little bit about um, basically the general sort of state of football at the moment and my opinions on a, a few things about that but what I wanted to do very quickly before you move into me moaning even more about that is talk <laughs> about our red card of the week each our MVP of the week each and what this is for everyone listening and watching is that Ben and I go through who we think is the best player of the week so the MVP the most valuable player um it, that can be a player or a manager um let's face it it's never going to be a referee um it can be one of those two um, and we'll discuss that and we'll make a general consensus between us both, which one is selected as our most valuable person of the week. And then what we'll do is we'll give each, uh, one of the player each a red card. Um, that is us basically saying that they are our worst player of the week or they've done something that they deserve a red card for. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about which one we think should be the red card uh, between the two of us. Who is your most valuable person this week, Ben? So this week was... Uh... 
there was a few I, I looked at. I, I thought Callum Wilson helping Newcastle get their first win. I yep. thought Bernardo Silva scoring two great goals for City. Yep. Um, I thought uh, Neil Mopay. Mopay. That's it. Gal Wow Mopay. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. He scored a he scored an 89th minute equaliser uh, over a kick against West Ham midweek. He scored a, a 98th minute equaliser today against Southampton. You know, yeah, he, he he rescued two points for for Brighton this week. But yeah. um, you you've already explained it. My MVP there could only be one, and it's Pastor Fred, legend. <laughs> two two assists, won the penalty against Arsenal, played yeah. superb. And then today, yeah, he had, you know, I think we're seeing a bit, this may be the best thing for him is having a, a manager that, that gets him pressing further up the field. Yeah. He, um, he, yeah, he gave a couple of uh, square ball passes uh, in midfield in the first half that, that Ragnick mentioned afterwards that he... Yeah, that's not his forte, one. is it, passing? No, no. <laughs> no, he's, like I said, he's one of the best people off the, off ball. the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the ball. And then, of course, you know, even even Ragnick, who's only only known him for two days, he said it uh, was taking the taking the piss out of his his strong right foot and laughing about it. So, yeah, he, he, won, yeah. he won the game today. He was man of the match for me, and um, yeah, yeah. So Fred's my uh, man, of, uh, my MVP. Your week. MVP, your most valuable person of this week. Um, so I'm gonna give you a little heads up. Fred is gonna win it because he was mine. Um, but I'm gonna throw in another person into this mix and give you an explanation as to why I think one particular thing that he did was uh, just showed his character um, and showed that the role that he's in right now is correct. It's Steven Gerrard. Now, not only for the fact that they beat Leicester today, um, that they obviously exploited the fact that Leicester are poor um, in the air and, and they they drove that in and they do have the likes of Konsa and Mings that they can do that with and Konsa scored two goals, so it proves that it was worth it. The reason particularly that he gets my most valuable person of the week is that he, at, at halftime, so bear in mind what's happened in this game. So uh, Patson Dacker has gone 1-0 uh, up for Leicester. Emi Buendia has then come back and it's 1-1. And then Jacob Ramsey has scored that goal that was yeah. then ruled out very controversially. Um Stephen Gerrard at that point, I assume, still really disagreeing with that. He stood on the sidelines uh, just at the entrance to the pitch that's like the same where the tunnel is. So all the players are going directly past him. The referee has to go past him. I was like anticipating this, this argument um, and for the referee to basically go, no, we'll talk about it later, we'll talk about it later, and, and to give that. And what Stephen Gerrard's done, he stood there, and his players have gone past and he's patted one on the back and he's, he's letting them go through. And the referee gets to him and he stares past the referee. He just stares past him, doesn't make eye contact with him. He doesn't talk to him, doesn't do a single thing. He is calm. He's collected. He lets every single one of his players leave the pitch first. Then he goes down the tunnel. And I just thought that, yeah, he was one of the best players that ever played football you know argue against me on that and, and i'll give you a, a three-day powerpoint presentation about it all right he's one of the best players to play football he's one of the best captains ever there's just pure facts there but as a manager to that to, to transfer through to it you know we look at people like frank lampard who didn't do too well in management recently you look at other huge players that really struggled when it came to management 
And Steven Gerrard is a young manager, fresh to the Premier League. Something huge has just gone against him. Um, and he's basically sort of gone, you know what, I'm going to just deal with it. Bit of pride. We're okay. We're still 1-1. We can win this. And he just let it happen. That's why I think he's he's one of the MVPs of the week. But you can't argue with Fred. No, I think I think that's... Yeah, yeah. Gerard's a great shout. He's he's obviously come in and, and he's he's got a real uh, bump in the performances from the Villa side, who were looking poor under Dean Smith, uh, as Jack always made a point of telling us. Yeah. Um, but I think I think if you're looking at who's the best player this week, it, Fred is definitely definitely the one. Oh, he's been most to. valuable. I mean, you look at the, the most valuable person. If it wasn't for Fred, <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't crazy, from Fred, <laughs> Manchester United would have lost two games of football. Um, just doesn't sound right, does it? But yeah, so Fred gets our MVP of this week. Well done, Fred. Yep. Um, you Brazilian masterpiece. Ben, <laughs> who is the worst player this week? Who's your red card? So this was really difficult. There, there were a few things, and one I don't want to go for too uh, too long. I, I, I originally thought Palace as a team they were. They, they, they've had a draw and three losses in the last four games. They, you know, we've for a team that we've spent yeah. so long saying how well they've been doing and, and talking about how well Vieira's got to play, and they, they've they've hit a massive road bump recently. No, they um, did well I, against you today. Yeah, yeah, they, they 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 held on. They dug in. They had a they had a bit a bit of time to end of the first half, and and, and yeah. there was one chance. Jordan Ayew, for example, just isn't scoring, but he had a he had a great chance. So. Yeah. yeah, I think I don't think they've been brilliant, but but yeah, they've their recent form suggests that they're not they've hit a bit of a stumbling block. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the other person that I thought deserved a mention was uh, Felix Zweier, uh, who was the referee in the Bayern Munich Borussia Dortmund game at the weekend yesterday. Now I yeah. know we're going to talk about that another time, but for those listening, if you haven't had a chance to watch the highlights, you need to go and see that this referee is a guy that's been done for match fixing before uh, and is still refing in the Bundesliga. Um, he gave uh, a penalty to Bayern Munich literally like that and uh, Dortmund deserved the penalty themselves and, and didn't even check it. He had an absolute stinker of a game, sent off the Dortmund manager Marco Rose. Um, but yeah, go and go and watch the highlights if you haven't seen it and uh, uh, read up about Felix where he's, um, yeah, he should never be allowed to referee in my opinion. Uh, yeah. But sorry, the person I gave the MVP to, sorry, the red, red card, card to is uh, Rafa Benitez. Uh, I know they haven't played oh. yet, they're playing Arsenal tomorrow, but this week they they got no. absolutely dismantled by Liverpool. Um, no, it's not his fault, yeah, though. Is it, is it not his fault? I mean, it's his not his team, fault. Very... It's, it's not his fault to the extent... Like I, I, I can get where you're coming from, because Everton yeah, have been yeah. piss poor, right? They, they've, not it, won a game since, they've not won a game since September. No. And then Everton team that's, that's, that's currently 16th in December is, is not pretty at all. Particularly if you consider, yeah. you know, the, the players that they've got in their team. The reason why I don't think it's Benitez's fault <clears throat> is because um, Marcel Brands, who is their director of football, left He's the club today. To yeah, he did, yeah. And I, and I, I, this is just a personal thing. I really strongly think that it's it's... It's a recruitment thing. And also, Everton fans think this as well, by the way. This is not a... Listening to um, UK's number one radio station, Talk Sport, uh, <laughs> as we know, is, is a big favourite of mine at the moment. Um, it is, yeah, it's basically they all think that it's down yeah. to the board as opposed to Benitez, but he's still got to get the team playing. Exactly. He's still got to get he that said, team playing. Sure. And, and, and you know, I, I get that, that 
99 times out of 100, Everton seem to roll over and Liverpool come along and tickle their tummies yeah. and, and roll over. It is, <laughs> it is one of them derbies that you just think is so one-sided. It's unreal. Like a dog. They just roll over onto their back and get their tummies tickled. By yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah and, and it's just like, yeah, this is, this was, if this was a, you know, they're not in great form, admittedly, but they should have been up for it. And I think yeah, they were, at they home. were two 2-0 down, like 2-1, they come back, you think, here we go, there's a chance. Yeah. And then Salah gets the ball and just uh, runs 40 yards. Salah's immense, in isn't uh, Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're going to have a conversation about him. Uh, we'll have a conversation with him. Is he, is he the, the the greatest premiership player? Or he's up, he's up there, I think. Yeah. Uh, certainly in the conversation, is he... Uh, is he is he Liverpool's greatest player of the Premiership era? You know, there's there's conversation we had, but you know, my my um my red card has to had to go up Benitez and Everton, and I know they're playing tomorrow against Arsenal. I fancy mm. Arsenal to do them. Yeah, I, I mean, I I actually think Arsenal are playing incredibly well at the moment. I would I would put money on Arsenal to beat most teams. I, I would have probably expected them to get a draw against you lot, but obviously you're a bit fired up and. It was just a bit, um, bit of a different, different gravy on the week uh, during the week, wasn't it? So, um, yep. I am going to go straight out with my red card and give it to Edward Mendy. He had a very poor game. Um, it's very strange, uh, and I, 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 he gave away the penalty. The winning goal <clears throat> was fluky, but he should have that that near post covered in a way that he can. You know, I, I actually, by the way, the minute... So you had two players, two West Ham players who had one Chelsea player, which I think was Reese James at the time. The two West Ham players, it looked like he was about to pass to it. Reese James tracked the wrong player. The minute Masawaku got that goal, I got that ball and crossed it in, I expected a goal, to be honest. I didn't expect that goal. Didn't expect no. that to happen, Ben. No, no, no fair enough. But <laughs> I expected, I did expect a goal. Like, genuinely, just the, the feeling in it, like, you know, everyone. But Edward Mendy didn't get to that ball. He did. He gave away the, the pen as well. I've never had it before where <clears throat> you've had, I don't know, I've never had it where we've been singing a player's name so much, yet he's done so poorly in that game. Apart from Timo Werner, who we sing for every week and does badly most weeks. Um yeah, I just, I, I honestly just think he had such a terrible game. Yeah, I, I can't argue there. I think he, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's probably a blip. He's a great keeper, and I'm sure he'll be back, back in form soon. Is he going to the um, Afcon? Of course, he will be. He's going to the Afcon. He then straight away going to the Club World Cup, and Tuchel's already agreed that he's going to the Club World Cup. So. He's going to be shattered. I, I think Kepa... Yeah, no, I, no I actually think what needs to happen is that Kepa plays in December. I think yeah. Mendy's had a couple of bad games now where he's he's not done fantastically yeah. well. Yeah. I think... Take him out of the firing line, yeah. Uh, not necessarily just that, but like, I think give him a break. Not just to give him a break, it's to give Kepa a bit of a run in towards January because otherwise yeah. you don't you just you know it, it doesn't work um who are we settling on I don't think I can give it to Benitez because I don't think it's his fault no okay I, I, and I think Mendy had I, a worse week yeah all right that's what I'm, I'm happy to concede that one yeah we'll, we'll give it we'll give it to Mendy so Edouard Mendy is our red card of the week um and sticking with my feeling from yesterday when uh Chelsea lost to West Ham at the London Stadium 
athletics arena. I I don't know at the moment. I'm just feeling really like angry at football in general. Like there's a, there's a few reasons for it as well. So I think the first thing is that the laws of the game seem so complex at the moment in comparison to what they used to be. And it doesn't really feel like the same game that I grew up watching. I sound like a boomer now. Um, But also the football that's being played doesn't feel like the same football that I grew up watching where you can go and smash someone and that is just how football is. Um, But then I also feel like the introduction of technology into football has really ruined like the experience of mistakes being made. I I love being angry at a referee decision. Yeah, yeah. Conversations in the pubs around controversial decisions and that that yeah, you just don't really get them anymore because of those. I mean, you you still get the the, the VAR checks take too long and a stupid blue and red lines that go across the pitch. You're like, yeah, yeah you, you can still argue about all of those. You know, well, why when you're there, get... you celebrate a goal and you just go in. Like, and I don't think everyone yeah. has this. I'm a bit of an overthinker, but I'm at the game and it's like it happens. And I'm like, yeah, go on. And then I'm like, oh, like, hang on, it, yeah. especially yeah. if it's something where it's been played over the top or it's been played round and you can see the players made a run or a headers involved or anything in the box at all where it's like bounced a little bit and you celebrate and then you're, you're like, okay, well, was that a goal? Was it not a goal? Yeah. And then a substitution happens for, at the same time, for example. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, is it just because of the substitution that we're waiting or is it because of the fact that VAR are looking at it? Um, and then there's also, I mean, I know that we, I showed you this the other day, but I don't think we spoke about it on the podcast yet. There is trials happening that could well be at the World Cup next year that would be semi-assisted offsides. So 10 to 16 cameras looking at 20-odd like points on you know that sort of decision-making map that could point towards whether it's an offside or not. And I just look at it and I go, come on, like, play, like can we can we just please have a good game of football? Can we just have 22 guys that go on, or girls, like go onto a pitch and kick the ball about a bit and like kick the shit out yeah. of each other and then walk off the pitch with bloody shirts and, and I just get back to like how it should be. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm, I see your point and I, and I agree that that, that does seem like a little bit of overkill. I am, uh, you know, a fan of, many different sports and and you know i play a lot of tennis i i, I enjoy going watch rugby and all this sort yeah. of sports where the technology has been implemented into those uh sporting competitions and have really helped enhance and improve the the the, comp, the, the sport itself yeah I, I am i am absolutely pro technology in football i just don't think that recent uses of technology that have come into it have been implemented well, and and that's not yeah. to say I've got I've got the right solution. I think VAR, in essence, is a good idea. It's just been implemented terribly. I don't. Um, I don't think. Here's here's my issue. I think just I've just realised it. Yeah. In tennis, the ball. So the only it's Hawkeye, isn't it? The only technology that's in tennis is it tracks the ball's movement on the pitch, yeah. and it tracks where the ball hits. And if any of the ball's shadow is within a line or outside of a line, then the point is given or not given. That's right, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. And that's definitive, so, yeah? Yeah, so in... Um, yeah, in in football, for example, the whole ball has to cross the line for it to be a goal. No, no, in no. Tennis, so this, so in just tennis, like in tennis, like a, a hair on the tennis ball needs to touch the line for it to be in. Is is basically yes. it. So it's slightly different. it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, but but essentially, players can uh, challenge the mm. lines judges. So so you know, yeah. a, if someone's hitting a serve at 140, but but this, hour, sorry, Ben. So this this isn't yeah. the point I'm trying to make. No, so the, okay. the, so, the, so the so the thing is. It's used for a definitive decision, whether or not you can make a call on it and you can challenge the judge, the line judge, and that sort of shit. Yeah, it's 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 in or out, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, a decision yeah. that's made. It's not made on whether you've the balls hit your arm or the balls come off your dick or whatever. It's just it's in or out in tennis. In rugby, I think they've got a more bar like uh, situation where they go back and they look at the footage. But I also feel like in rugby. The rules are much more straight. It's, yeah, I, are, I normally yeah. find the the issues that you have are: did the ball touch the ground or not? Which you yeah. can you can really normally clearly see. It's did yeah. the ball touch the ground or not, or was that a red card or a sim bin? And normally yeah. it's a yeah. case of did they come in over the top of the thing? Did of, of the scrum or the the um not a scrum? What's it called, Ben? Yeah. Sorry, ruck. say that again. Did they come yeah, in ruck, over yeah. the top of the rug? Or is yeah, it, you know, or the did, they, that, yeah. did they do a dump tackle and they they, they landed yeah. him dangerously? Was it high tackle? Yeah. It's it's very easy things to look at with yeah. football. Yeah. And here's what I'm trying to get to, mate. And it's, this is why I, I sort of cut you short a second ago. No, it's fine, sir. It's being used for things that are not definitive. So what you're essentially doing is you're taking something that has human error and you're giving the decision on it to another human that can make an error. And they have an opinion. My opinion is that that's within the laws of the game. My interpretation of that is that that's within the laws of the game, or that is a red card. My interpretation of it is this or that. I think that technology in football should be, is the ball in or out of, you know, and do it for the whole, you can do it for the whole pitch. You can, And actually, as a referee, for, and I, you know, I know that I rag on referees a lot, but because I know, I don't currently do it for two reasons. Number one, I knackered my knee early this year. And number two, the reason I don't want to get back into it is because I don't agree with the laws of the game as they are at the moment. That is genuine. I don't want to do it because okay. I don't want to uphold them. But if I had to spend less time, when I'm, a, when I'm an assistant referee, if I had to spend less time looking to see if the ball's in or out of play and I could just um, look at an offside or the players or whatever it is, I think you'd get better decisions from assistant referees, by the way. But I just think, you know, things like this today, like, oh, well, he had to hand on the ball, is that, you know, let the referee make that decision. Don't have a team of people that are not in the spirit of that game make that decision. Yeah, yeah I, it's, it's a tough one. I, I see, I, I totally see your point. I get it. And, and I don't inherently disagree with it. I think, I think you, you, you're right. It is overcomplicating things that don't need to be done and and you're just transferring human error from one person to another, someone that's not in the stadium, someone that's watching yeah. it on a screen over in where it's St George's Park or whatever it is, you know, miles away. Stockley Park, uh, you know. Stockley Park, that's it, sorry. Uh, and, and, you know, you just sort of think, really, you know, you ask the ref to go with their gut 
and and essentially this is what this is what happens in in rugby yeah the the referee may not see things off the ball and whatever yeah and the 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 video ref uh, will talk to them over the over the uh, headset and we can hear it and so and we can hear it yeah and we'll say you know there's been an incident here you need to review it or uh, and then they will stop the what uh, stop the timer and they can watch it on the screen and, and and they discuss it and you can hear it all going on yeah that that doesn't happen in the football or if it does no, no one knows about it because there should be if if the fourth official for example sees something he's mic'd up to the ref he should be able to say well, you've missed something there we need to check it or the var person, well i'll say this whatever. they definitely do so i, yeah. I will say this that it when when VAR, so having seen a few different documentaries about it, and um, you know having been involved in a couple of games where I actually did have um, the headset on and a you know a buzzer um, flag, which was by the way hilarious. I've been involved in a couple of games like that, but you do find that all the time the referees are talking to each other. They're not always talking to VAR, obviously, but if something happens with VAR, they will. Yeah. But they do talk it through, and what they'll do is as they're walking to the screen, the VAR will be going. Okay, so this has happened and that then happened, and this is what we think you're looking for here. Review it. And he'll go and he'll review it. And then he'll say, Okay, so I'm watching it now. And he's played the ball. And after he's played the ball, the foot's come in and it's hit him in the shin with his studs and his foot's off the floor. And in my opinion, that's a red card. Are we all happy with that? Yep, we're all happy with that. Good, let's go. Now, give that to us. Give us that information that's going through. Because if you yeah. had, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not necessarily, I don't know how I'd feel if I was in the stadium, probably better if it's in the stadium, but I think football fans are more volatile. Football yeah. fans will be like, ref you this or ref you that. I just think for, for me, it, it's not even about how you use technology. I think the only way that you can make it easier for a referee, in my opinion, because this doesn't make it easier, by the way, this makes it harder yeah. because even today there are, just, there are conversations happening about what happened. The way you make it easier for a ref did the ball cross the goal line for a goal? Yes or no? Because that's that is one of the hardest things to see, mate. Genuinely, when you're, I've been yeah, a referee. They go by, they go by the buzzing watch. Exactly, they, and that's yeah. great technology because it's almost faultless. There's been one issue since the 2010 World Cup, which was that Brazil? No, 2014. Yeah. Since 2014 World Cup, when I think it first came in, there's been one issue that I can think of where it hasn't worked, which was Villa versus someone and he basically dragged it behind the goal and, and the thing wasn't working or one of the sensors wasn't working but that stuff I love you know because yeah. I, I've been ref I've refereed a game this was years ago now I was in the six yard box on a Sunday league pitch it was like you know horrible November-ish type day so the ground isn't great the lines are not perfect because it's Sunday league and the ball is bouncing in and out of like the six yard box about in, and I'm on it because it's been a corner and I've gone in to like get a better view. I was younger, six yard box is not where I probably should have been. I should have been a bit further back, but that's for my, you know, that's what I mentor to talk about. <laughs> um, but to basically like the ball looked like it was over and being a young person, I was like, yeah, sure. Like that's in, but I had no idea. I, I saw what I saw. But what your eyes see that is not always true. So I think for stuff like that, and then for for referees to help them out when the ball is in and out of play in general, you know, has it gone over the touchline? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a throw in then, and the referee's decision yeah. is which way it goes. And I think that would be great. But when it comes down to like a man in a box, basically talking through with the referee exactly what's happened, and here's my problem, and then they still get the wrong decision. 
today I don't think was the wrong decision in their heads. I think no, it's they're, a bad they're, law. They're, they're apply, applying the, the, the law to the word, aren't they? And yeah, as we said, it's a bullshit rule. And, Not within and, the spirit of the game, in my opinion, though. Uh, no, no. So, we could talk about this for ages. So that's what I think. I, I think technology is bringing me down and making me hate it. But then also, we talk about the laws for a second. You think of the laws of the game as they are now. Offside is a mess. Handball is a mess. Um, you know, you've got yeah. this rule that we've now created is, is a mess. You've got situations where players are having to leave the pitch if they've had a, a physio come on, and then they're getting waved straight back on after seconds. That's a silly rule. Like, it's yeah. just, you know, the fact the goalkeeper... The fact that that one is upheld to the letter of the law every single time. So basically that law is for everyone that doesn't know this is that if a physio comes on to treat you and it's just you or it's one player from each team, then what happens is that you both go off or you go off and then you get waved back on. The idea is to stop um, time wasting. If a player tackles you and they foul you, they get a yellow card and you get injured and a physio comes on, you don't have to go off. Did you know that? No, I didn't know there was a difference. I just assumed if you, yep. yeah. If you get, a, if you're, if the opposing player that tackled you gets a yellow card, yeah. you don't have to go off because they've caused you an injury or they've caused you something where the physio has to do that. If it's two players from one team, neither player has to go off. So why are we why making these laws where all of this stuff offside is it offside yep okay it's offside was he interfering with play was his is, is his nan's birthday in june i don't care i don't care yeah there's there's far too many rules for far too many similar situations i think the way you just explained that and one rule would fit all for those i think no rules would fit all. <sighs> Well, the physio yeah, comes on. Yeah. All right, sure, you've time wasted. Well, the referee is the timekeeper. The referee should yeah. put that time on the thing. And yeah, you can stay on because otherwise you're just going to have to be waved back on anyway. And, and then yeah. things like, and this is the thing, I just sound like I'm moaning and I am moaning because it really annoys me. Because when I grew up watching football, which was to make everyone on who's listening probably feel old, started watching football properly, probably in about 2000. Um, I'd watch like the F the uh, World Cup in '98 um, as a very sort of younger kid. Didn't really understand much. Just knew that Michael Owen had run a lot and then scored a good goal, and that David Beckham was a bastard at the time. But obviously, we all love him now because <laughs> football fans are fickle. But um, I, I started watching 2000, so I was I was watching just as like you know the the Gerard Keane, Vieira, Carragher, Rio Ferdinand, like just as all of those people that mm -hmm. are hard tackling and, you know, get pull your socks up and, and you know, all this sort of stuff, you know, oversized shirts, um, you know, basically skinheads all the time because that was the, you know, <laughs> the, the craze at the time. I grew up with that and now I'm watching and, and you know, they were kicking the crap out of each other, you know. I remember yeah, watching yeah. some games. I remember Wayne Rooney, I don't know if you remember this, goes in for a drop ball. You ever seen this one? You have to remind me against who I'll send. Then. I'll send you the link, right? Yeah. So there's a drop ball back when drop balls were contested. Do you all remember that? Oh, we can't do that oh. anymore in case someone yeah, gets injured. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. So he goes goes in for this drop ball. Referee drops the ball, 
and Rooney like takes a swipe at it. They both literally, both players kick the ball at the same time. The ball doesn't move. Rooney then doesn't get to the second ball because obviously he's a bit fat at that point. And he just <laughs> he just takes this player out with a his his leg is like straight and it goes straight into the other guy's leg. And he, he just blew the whistle. Referee was like, yeah, free kick, go. Nowadays he'd be sent off, he'd be in he'd be in Wentworth prison. It, you know what I mean? Like I just <laughs> I just think make football football. I, I honestly couldn't give a shit about all these rules. Can you? Like genuinely, can you? No. So, like I said, I I, I get yeah you you don't like the rules or, or the, the the technology. I, I am completely a proponent of yeah bringing in technology to uh, to help uh, fix some of the problems in the game. Yeah. I think some of the things that have been brought in recently, VAR being one of them, has just been implemented. It's a great idea in essence. It's just been implemented terribly, um, and I and I think. Things like the the goal line technology and stuff that that are simple and work and are effective and the ref can know straight away if the ball's going to cross line or not by literally his watch buzzing. Yeah. Or yeah, absolutely brilliant. I I, I totally get it and I think that's great. I, like I said I, I'm I'm all for technology if it improves the game. I just think current the current situation, some technology that's coming to the game isn't isn't helping the game in any way. And How yeah, would there you are. Have our work? I would have it work in the same way as uh, I suppose it's the same way as the rugby. I've never really, like I said, I said before, no, I don't no, really have how, the, the how suggestions. Would you, so genuinely, how would you have it? So at the moment, basically, what we're finding is so it, it's they can only get involved if it's for a penalty, if it's for a yeah. red card, a mistaken identity for a yellow card, um, and only if it's clear and obvious. Right. So I, I would have it. Um, I would have it so that it can be involved for anything the ref has missed. So if there's a if there's an off the ball incident, if there's a uh, it, something happens that the ref's not seen, the uh, the VAR should be able to tell the ref you've missed something here. You need to check it at the next break of play. That's why it's exactly how like the the example in rugby. Well, uh, too too extensive off the ball incidents like fouls, uh, dirty play. Uh, if you want to, just a foul. Saying, so if, it's, if someone so, just so, fouls yeah, something for, for dangerous play or violent conduct or anything that's that's sort of missed, you know. Um, so, red, so what? So red cards. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I think but the so. referee. Uh, yeah, so I agree with that. If the referee misses a red card, yeah, the the, the VAR should be able to say to them. There's an incident here. You need to see it and, and retroactively or retrospectively go back, watch it at the next break of play, and, and, and make a decision yeah. based on that. But what about if it's a tackle? And the only reason I'm like drilling into you because you've actually got quite an interesting view on this. Because I personally scrap it. Goal line technology, absolutely fine. Ninety nine point nine percent faultless. Haven't ever seen a problem with it. Bring in technology that can do it for every single element of the pitch in terms of if it's in and out of play. I'm with that. But get rid of the rest of it. So, off the so anything the referee hasn't seen in the sense yeah. that it's a tackle he's not seen, it's a punch that's been thrown, yeah. an elbow, a kick, yeah. or whatever. What yeah. about a tackle the referee has seen and given a yellow card to, but they go, "Well, that might be a red," and you've missed that he's not gone quite in the right angle. Do you still think that should be? Because I just think it's too much. Yeah, no, I, I think that if if the on field decision is is a yellow. Even yeah. if it's even if it's a leg breaker challenge, 
then yeah, I think you just have to you have to suck it up and deal with that. If yeah. it's if it's a, if it's an off the ball, you know, tackle or something like that, or so you know, or violent conduct or something like that, and and the refs completely missed it and not seen it, yeah, then by all means, yeah, absolutely bring it in. I, I think I think you can't take away the the on field decision making of the ref, and if the ref makes decision right rightly or wrongly, yeah. Um, if the if the rest made a decision, you 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 deal with it. I don't think that in the case of like uh, possibly penalty decisions and things like that, but certainly for mm. yellow cards and, and for for for, for naughty tackles. But I even think a penalty. Like if if, it, if the ref doesn't, if the ref sees it, here's here's the thing for me. If the ref sees it, and then you overrule him, who's the ref? Well. No, I don't think I don't think you're taking the place of the ref. You're, the, the, the technology is there to support the ref, and that's probably the the the, the way they would describe it. Uh, you know, and you know, as we've said earlier, refs refs are human. Yes, there's human error. We uh, people make mistakes, and in that instance, if they if they've missed a, a, a not given a penalty and it's a clear penalty, it's a, uh, you know, it's it's a, a blatant handball or it's a blatant foul in the box, then yeah, absolutely. The uh, yeah, we, we talked about during the week. Fred got Fred got a penalty against Arsenal. It was given yeah. by VAR. You know, you could you know Arsenal fans could feel a bit hard done by because he sti- he he blatantly goes looking for it. He sticks his left leg out at a sort of funny angle. Well, oh yeah, yeah. Odegaard was silly to go go down go to ground um, in the box and, and give the penalty away, but. Um, but initially, the ref hadn't given it. It was only on, on, on yeah. checking on VAR. So things, so things like that. The ref didn't give it. He's been told to look at VAR. He's looked at it, and yeah, absolutely. So I think in that in that instance, it needs to be uh, able to be done. So here's here's how I would have it. All right, ball in and out of play, goals. That's the technology that we have in terms of of you know how that looks, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think it takes away some element of like stress from a, a linesman's perspective. You know, if yeah. the ball's out of play and you just get a buzz on your arm, flag goes up to whoever you think was basically there. It also tells you exactly where the ball goes out, which is perfect as well, because that's also a difficult one, especially when the ball's being played over um, over your head. That's number one. I agree what you're saying. If the ref has missed something on the field of play, if the referee, yeah. if, if the VAR jumps on and they say, Michael Oliver, did you see... I don't know. Did you see Fred yeah. punch Harry Maguire in the face? Because they had knocked the field off the ball's back because they hate each other. But whatever it is, you know, did you see that thing? Referee says yes. At that point, nothing happens. The referee's decision on the pitch is final. That's it. If he says no, okay, go and have a look. He, an incident happened with these two people. You go and have a look on the monitor. When it comes to penalties, when it comes to, I mean, that was the only thing that you really said. When it comes to penalties, no, if the referee's made that call, let the referee make the call. Let the referee have the error. And you know what people will say? People will say, well, oh, well, we've got the technology. Why can't we just look? The problem that I've got with it is that still, after all this time, and I will say all this time, because it's been, what, three seasons? This is the third season of VAR? Maybe maybe the third or fourth season of VAR? yeah. We still got situations where people are arguing the toss, even though it's gone to bar. So it's always going to be issues. I think leave it for things that the referee <coughs> has not seen, or that it's ball in and out of play or, or goals. That's that's it. Don't bring it in for offsides. I don't want I don't want goals being decided by the, the linesman not being able to see an offside. Uh, sorry, by by bar being able to call that. 
I want to see goals that shouldn't have been given get given. I want to see red cards that should have been given not given. I want to see penalties that that are definitely someone who's won the ball. I want to see all that stuff because at the moment, what we talk about in football, we've just spent however long it is talking about this right now. Yeah. I'd have much yeah. rather got on in and had an argument with you about, I think that was a foul. And you go, no, it's never a foul. He got the ball. And then I have to go, oh, well, actually, you might have just got around the back of it. I want to have those conversations or I want to go out of a game and go, do you know what? The referee really screwed up on that because that's part of football. For me, that is just part of the beautiful game. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, let's let, you know, we, in essence, I, I agree with what you're saying, like I said, but we could we could argue this all day. And I think you probably need to sum it up in a, in a nutshell there. I think you've done that quite well. So Yeah. So what we're going to do then, because I think there's a few different topics that you want to discuss at later dates, but we uh, haven't really got the um, time to talk about how good most salaries at the moment um, and how much better Steven Gerrard was than him and always will be. Ben disagrees. I know that face. I know that face. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've so no we haven't got time to talk about it, Ben. Unless you want to talk no. about it. Unless you want to spend no. 15 minutes where I can give you my love story to Stephen Gerrard. Oh, Stephen <laughs> Gerrard. <laughs> no, I think, I think, like I said, I said to you the other day, I said we need uh, someone that's a, 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 an absolute died in the wall Liverpool fan to, to be on here to, to sort of explain you to us find one of those. who's better. Well, possibly not. Um, but um, yeah, no, we'll talk about that another day. So let's so, leave that one for now. Let's go into this round of fixtures. They start tomorrow night. Well, technically, this is this round still, but they start tomorrow night yeah. in our world, um, yeah. which will be tonight, actually. So the Everton versus Arsenal game would have just happened, um, yeah. which I think is going to be a good match. I think Everton have to do something. They've made a big yeah. change in the boardroom. I think that will free up a bit of uh, Rafa's mind a little bit because he, I mean, yeah. it must be stressful. He's- to have someone who's incompetent, struggle, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, um, you know he tends he tends to have that everywhere he goes. He had it at Newcastle, didn't he? He had it uh, previously yeah. at Liverpool under Hicks and Gillette. Yeah, and he's he's had it now at Everton. He, he he tends to go to places and doesn't do great with the the, the sort of the immediate superiors. Yeah, but, but he then, seems to have won that power struggle. So. But then this is the thing, you know, he's he's a brilliant football mind. In, you know, I think when you have a, a good football mind who comes up against somebody who is the director of football, who does not have a good football mind. It can be really annoying, I think. Um, Arsenal, again, on a really good run of form at the moment. Very unlucky, I think, not to get a point out of you lot during the week. So I think Arsenal will win that game. Um, I don't know quite yeah. how many they'll win it by, but I think that's I, th- I, don't, th- right. I don't think they'll win it comfortably. I think it'll be close. I think Everton will be... Rolled up. Uh, we'll, be up, we'll be up for it. Rolled up now. They've got rid of uh, their director of football. They'll, they'll get yep. behind their team. Uh, you know, Everton fans, they they howl for every possible foul going. Where if you're yeah, yeah. Playing, um, exactly. So I think I think they'll be up for it. I, I do think Arsenal will will sneak it, but I don't think it'll be more than more than by, by the odd goal. No, no, me neither. Um, I'm going to skip the Champions League fixtures this week only because everyone's through, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so Ch- Chelsea, United, young boys. Chelsea have to beat Zenit St. Petersburg away, which is going to be a bit of a tough one, I think, um, given what's happened recently. Well, we, we, but... should, we should talk about, just quickly, uh, Bayern Munich can eliminate Barcelona and stick them in the, the, the Europa League this week, can't they? Yes, they can, yeah. which I think they will. Um, I think Lewandowski is think... probably going to stick it to them. 
Yeah, uh, is it Benfica are playing Dynamo Kiev? Dynamo Kiev at home, so Benfica yeah. should win that because uh, Dynamo Kiev have been uh, you know, the, the weakest team in that group. Uh, yep. And if yeah, if Bayern do their job and beat Barca, Barca will be in the Europa, which will be uh, fun. Mucho's fun. Uh, probably the first time they've been in the Europa League since probably the late nineties, early two thousands, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll look at we'll look into that know. one. I think. Yeah. Um, Brentford Watford on Friday night. I think Watford, Watford are playing very good football. I know that they lost against City, but everyone loses against City. Like I say, they are inevitable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Watford will get a win there because I think they're playing really, really? nice football. At the moment. I, yeah, they, honestly, when they play Chelsea, they're, they're playing. It's like chalk and cheese to how they were at the start of yeah. the season. They're playing just really nice, like attacking, controlled football. Um, but then Danny Rose is there, so. <laughs> You know, yeah, so, so I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the other side of the fence there. I fancy Brentford to do them, yeah. Place. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think a, they're, you know, they're a good team. I, I think both teams are suspect defensively, uh, but how I'm dare you? Think... Pontus Janssen is one of the best center backs in the league, <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. How dare um, you? but um, but uh, yeah, I, I fancy Brentford to win that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I look so, I think, um, I think Watford are just playing all right at the moment, I think they, they probably. Deserve a, a decent, decent game. Um, City Wolves, obviously. City are going to win that. Arsenal, yeah, Southampton. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal, Arsenal win should that, win that. I'm at the Chelsea Leeds game on Saturday, which we all know means that Leeds are going to smash Chelsea, obviously, because that will just make me even sadder. <laughs> um, I think I think we'll do all right. I think yeah, uh, you should win that. We've got yeah. a few injuries though. Amidfield's yeah, very I, I, Amidfield's you, you, very injured and very tired. And Amidfield is our biggest strength, your, so... Yeah, your squad, you've got a big enough squad to cope with a few injuries, haven't you? Yeah. And I think, I, I, I think Leeds, Leeds will Leeds will attack you, will leave a lot of space at the back and you'll, you'll yeah. be fine. You just, you do need Lukaku and Werner to start scoring, though. They um, won't. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they you won't. can't keep relying on Rhys James or whatever it's the score you have. Oh, yeah, you can. Um, <laughs> then Liverpool play in Aston Villa at uh, Anfield so Stevie G is going back to Anfield um, as a manager for the first ever time um, he'll get a great reception but Liverpool win that comfortably yeah I agree um, Norwich going to get battered by United in the uh, I don't know I don't know like I don't get that game being on TV like I know that it's probably decided way before Gerard went to Villa but realistically the yeah. Liverpool Villa game should be the game there it shouldn't be Norwich versus Manchester yeah. United even so, arguably, it, Chelsea Leeds is like an, an not an ancient rivalry, but a rivalry that stretches back to like the seventies. Even that would be know, better TV. The um the the planning for some of the United games this season have been like, like uh, I wouldn't say shambles. It's just been really bad. Like like Ronaldo's first game back against Newcastle wasn't on on the TV. TV it, was, no. it, it was it wasn't scheduled to be on there. You know, today was Ralph Ragnick's first game. Uh, in and charge and the manager it wasn't on team. I mean, none of the two PM games were. I think it's because the, the the women's FA Cup final. Um, but the, yeah, so none of the two PM games today were were on um, on the telly. Yeah, you would poor. say that the, the, the story of Gerard going back to Anfield for the first time. Yeah, that that should be perhaps the the, the game that should be. Well, I think this is it. TV. They decide them in advance. Yeah, like that Ronaldo one, they wouldn't have known it was his first game when yeah, they planned yeah. it, but. No. I think you should change the planning. I know, I know that you're yeah, supposed exactly. to have, I know that you're meant to have like, you know, a spread for each team so they all get their money and stuff. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, 
as somebody who pays a lot of money a month for Sky Sports, I also think that we should uh, get the best games on it. You know, call me yeah, fickle. Yeah. Um, Sunday, Brighton, Spurs, Burnley, West Ham, Leicester, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Everton. I couldn't be less interested in in that series of fixtures. Spurs, I fancy, I fancy, uh, I fancy Spurs. I'm, yeah, I reckon a draw. Maybe Brighton might might pull a draw out. I don't think Brighton. Yeah, have, Brighton what did Brighton do today? They they drew, they, they scored a ninety eighth minute equaliser. Oh, one, yesterday. Yeah, I don't think they've actually won a game in about twelve games now. So they're they're looking no. dodgy. Burnley are going to get beaten by West Ham. West Ham are back into their stride, I think, and Burnley are down yeah. the bottom. Yeah. Um, Leicester are going to beat Leicester. Might I don't know Newcastle are just like because it's almost like that um, the odds thing, isn't it? It's because they've done so badly, Newcastle. I look at it now and go, well, should they actually start winning a couple? But I still think that, you know, they can lose. Who are at home? Leicester. Uh, Leicester at home. Yeah, I think Leicester will beat Newcastle at home. I think it's just, it's all well and good getting a win uh, at St. James's and scraping through against Burnley. I just think this, this, I just don't see Leicester uh, Mm. losing at home to Newcastle. I think they'll they'll win that. And then Palace Everton. Palace will win that, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think Palace will win that one. Yeah, again, yeah. I feel like, you know, I've got, I've got a, a dear friend of mine, she's a Evertonian, so a died in the uh, wool blue nose, uh, and she won't uh, thank me for saying it, but yeah, I fancy uh, Palace to win that. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, it should be, I don't know, what. so what are the games, not to make this all about this, but the games on TV will be Brentford-Watford, Man City-Wolves, Norwich-United... Palace Everton and then one of hopefully those games on the Sunday. I just don't know. I don't think it's fair. This is another thing. December, everyone gets their pick, don't know. Everyone gets their turn. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's, I mean, like I say, I'm gonna to go to the game on Saturday, maybe. <laughs> I haven't even decided. <laughs> I got the ticket, I've not decided yet. It, it's just you know what it is? It's I I kind of refuse to watch us play really like boring, pass it about the back football. I was I watched a game uh, so the, the Europa League final in 2019. I watched it yeah. in a pub in Saffron Walden in Essex called the Axe, um, <laughs> which I used to call the Axe Wound because it was <laughs> actually <laughs> yeah because um, <laughs> it was next to a shithole. I <laughs> um, but I was watching it. I was watching the Europa League final there. Um, um, it was back when we were playing Sarri Ball, which kind of feels very close to what we're playing now, to be honest. Um, and there was a guy who's part of the um, the uh, sort of supporters club that I'm a member of for Chelsea. And we're all stood there and everyone's like, oh, come on, do something with the ball, do something with the ball. And he just went, oh, I've got an idea. Play around dangerously at the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you told you told that since, before. Remember, since, yeah. that, since that moment, it's all I think about. Whenever we're passing it around and it's the play gets close, I'm like, yeah, do you know what? Just... Stop it. Anyway, I will moan about Chelsea less next week, hopefully, if we do all right in the next couple of games. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a decent week of football. It's just the TV games are not fantastic. Anyway, I have been Dean. And I'm Ben. And as always, we'll catch you on next week's podcast. You can catch us on Twitter um, at the red card you can catch us on youtube if you're listening to us on spotify you can catch us on spotify if you're listening to us on youtube um all the links will be everywhere that you need to know we will see you next week thank you very much for watching and listening we'll see you then